Welcome to Gen Z Girlies, the podcast designed specifically for Gen Z women and non-binary folk. This is the place where you can grow your confidence and learn about how to build careers and lives that you'll love. Here you can join a community where we sit down with other Gen Zers who are leveraging their interests and talents to make waves. I'm Maddie Baldwin, your host, your biggest supporter, and your advocate that whatever you can dream, you can do. And this, this is Gen Z Girlies. Hey, Gen Z Girlies. Welcome to another episode of the Gen Z Girlies podcast. I am so excited that we have another amazing guest on today, and I am so excited just to get to hear a little bit about her story and her career and kind of what she's done to build up to get to where she is now. But I always kind of, as you know, if you've been a listener for a while, I always like to let our guests kind of introduce themselves because I think that's a fun part. So guests, I'll go ahead um, and let you introduce yourself. We kind of just usually ask, um, what's your name? And then kind of just a little bit of what do you do? Like, what's your title? And then kind of what does that title mean in your own words? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Maddie. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Um, I am Steph Leckman. I am currently Senior Talent Manager at Galaxy Racer North America and Her Galaxy. Um, We are a transmedia company that focuses on gaming, content creation, athletes, and music. Um, I work with talent day in and day out. So their creators or gamers signed to our roster. I work with them on brand deals, tournaments, events, PR, their social media, kind of everything that they have going on in their world. I'm their person to go to and their rep for the organization. Um, it's really awesome. Galaxy Racer, like I said, it's has its hands in a lot of different things. What we are primarily focused on right now in North America is gaming and content creation and athletes. So we have 12 talent signed to our roster. We have true content creators. We have competitive gamers and athletes. So in the early phases, I, when I walked through the door, we had no talent. Like there was nothing. I was walking into a gaming organization that we had kind of built the foundation, but no talent, no deals, no nothing. All we had to lean on was our global reach and our, our global team, um, which was both challenging, but really awesome and exciting. Um, so to date, we have those 12 talents signed. Um, in addition to Galaxy Race or the organization, we have what's called the Her Galaxy Initiative, and that's focused on empowering and supporting women in the gaming and content creation space. Primarily what we're doing that through at this moment is a tournament series. So in gaming, I'm not sure if you or listeners know, the presence of women is definitely there. Like 57%, I think the statistic is, of women between the ages of 18 and 29 identify as a gamer, but only about 5% of them are actually like actively based in space. And it's because... It, the internet isn't kind to women, especially right. in gaming, because it's just always traditionally been known as like a boys club. So they face a lot of harassment and a lot of them use like voice changing apps or mm. 
don't use their voice or don't show their face because they don't want people to attack them. So what we're doing with Her Galaxy is to really give them that platform. Um, We have $250,000 worth of tournament winnings and prize pools over the span of 2023. Um, Currently, right now, we are going through our $100,000 Apex tournament, and this is open to all women and only women. So we can't have men or allies really playing playing mm-hmm. in the game because we want to elevate them and really give them the spotlight because this has never been done before. There's really never ever yeah. a tournament series that's only for women, especially in gaming. So that's really special. Um, we have that $100,000 tournament going on right now. We're kind of in the tail end of it. We're approaching finals at the end of June and then going into our $100,000 Rocket League tournament. We had two tournaments prior that were $10,000 and $25,000 to charity that focuses on women and giving them resources in many different fields. Um, and then we'll have another $15,000 to play with after. Um, so it's been really great. And that's what we're doing. And we're signing on talent that are really great people. They're not all females. I think we have, we do have nine females and three males signed to the roster um and they're all wonderful and amazing and the males signed to the roster they're allies and supporters and want to elevate our voice so that's a big a big part of our decision making process when we're scouting talent and deciding who we want to bring on yeah that that I mean that sounds like such a cool initiative and something that's definitely so needed and hearing like how much you've already worked that you've put into that in the company that is supporting that. I guess I'd be really interested to hear a little bit on like your end as well. What has your experience been kind of getting into this industry and your role and kind of, I guess, acting as like a representative and a voice for like this kind of this movement and like, um, yeah, it's like these initiatives, like what has that been like for you? Have you had any like challenges or yeah, it's like, just like would love to hear a little bit about your story on that end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it definitely has its challenges being a woman in gaming. And I think being a woman in a lot of different industries, you get doubted and people look at you and they think that you're not capable of the roles that you can be in. I've been asked if I was like a friend or a girlfriend or an assistant or pretty much anything other than being a talent manager whenever or not whenever, but there are times when I go to like events or tournaments and it's, it's challenging. And I've worked with a lot of talent as well that, you know, weren't allowed to have a captain spot in a tournament because they were a female that talked a way that they didn't like, or they weren't allowed. They just like, weren't given these opportunities and these deals that the other guys were getting they weren't getting the same sponsorship opportunities valued correctly and I think that gets to a lot of people um, and they start to question themselves and their worth and their value and I think that's really important for me to be another female Mm -hmm. another female face and be there advocating for them because I've had talent come and they're like yeah like I'm not really sure what my rate is or this brand reached out to do $200 and then for like a TikTok post or something like that. But they're valued at a lot higher because of the following that they've garnered over the years and they put in work and the time. And, you know, I recognize because I see what the numbers the guys are getting. And so 
it's been really great to step into this role and to to show them like, hey, like, let's not be quiet. Let's fight for ourselves because you deserve that. And everyone goes through challenges. It's just a matter of us facing them head on yeah. and then pushing through. Yeah, no, I think that is really important to say just about like, how you kind of just have to, yeah, like what you said, like you have to kind of meet it head on. And like, that doesn't mean that you're not going to face kind of those difficulties, but being able to like recognize that, but recognize that there are people, you know, there that are speaking up for you or that are like you were saying that you can kind of help be like the brokerage a little bit between like, you're seeing mm -hmm. the deals that the guys are getting and like, you can kind of advocate for the women on your end and be like, okay, like I'm seeing, here's your value, like help them know a little bit more. Like you can ask for like what you're worth. I think that's like super important and um, definitely really commendable just like in what you're doing. Um, and I think kind of a question that a little bit more in like the, the nitty gritty of kind of like what you do. So like, as you're kind of like working to help with these deals for these content creators and within the sports and the gaming, um, what does that like, what are kind of the steps that go into your job? So if there was someone that was interested in, um, kind of having a job similar or getting into that industry, kind of what would like a day to day look like in your position and how would that run? Yeah. So a big bulk of what I do is to get, <clears throat> excuse me, brand brand deals for these okay. talents. So a lot of that is outreaching to agencies or building relationships with agencies so they can come to me with deals and having an initial conversation. They're like, it could be one way. Hey, we have a deal with Target. Who do you have that could be a good fit? Right. Or they could be like, hey, I want this talent. What's their rate? So a lot of it or could also be me going out to them. A lot of it is those initial conversations mm -hmm. and just negotiating what the deal looks like. What are the deliverables? What's the rate? What's the exclusivity? What's the usage rights? Really getting all of that down and then moving to the contracting phase. So throughout that first initial process, it's a lot of me talking with the talent and talking with the client because it's not always cookie cutter, like one right. TikTok, $250. It could be a TikTok with usage rights and a supporting stream. So it's just like a puzzle piece almost. So it's a lot of communication and figuring out how we can best meet the client's needs while doing also what the talent wants. So once we get through that, I would say that's probably about 50% of it. Okay. Um, then I do contracting. So the contract negotiations, actual legal language, um, I rely on our legal team, but review those and understand what's going on. Um, then that gets passed off to actually creating the content. So the talent yeah. goes back, they have their brief, um, and then they create the content, send it over, approval process, all the way up until posting, following the posting, the analytics, the payments, the invoicing, all of that. So that's the brand deal cycle. And I oversee that entire process. I mean, that sounds like a handful that you're kind of dealing with and managing. Did you ever... <clears throat> Like, did you foresee yourself getting into this industry or what was kind of the path that led you to where you're at now? Yeah. Um, it's actually a very funny story. Okay. I, I frequently take a, a step back and I think like, how did I get here? And, <laughs> and what am I doing in the best way possible? Right. Because I graduated college with a degree in information management technology. Okay. Sli I then slightly went, different. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> different. Yeah. 
I then went on to work for an advertising agency where I was doing ad ops. I was running and displaying digital advertising campaigns. This was prior to really Instagram marketing. There was YouTube and Pinterest and just traditional display on like a, a website or an app or whatever it might be. So I was doing that. I was behind a computer screen. I was in Chicago and I was like, Chicago's too cold. I'm kind of, my sister was about to have a baby. I'm from LA. Right. The whole entire family. And then it's so funny. I think the universe works in ways for us. Right. I got an email from the company being like, hey, we're opening up an office in LA. Who wants to go? So I was like, me, of course. I want to go. We ended up going out to LA. At the time, I was the only one in the office working in an office within a co-working space because they were waiting for everyone else to kind of trickle in and right, get there. Right. And I naturally brought my personal computer because I was like, I'm not talking to clients. I'm behind a computer screen, I'm bored. Like I need to do something. I watched YouTube. I saw a bunch of people, one of them being like the FaZe Clan and the FaZe Clan boys. I'm not sure if you're familiar with FaZe Clan. They're like the top, they, they're very prominent um, gaming organization. Okay. And this, cool. this was back in 2019, like really at the top yeah. of their game. Um, so I ended up applying and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get it. It was a talent coordinator role. I have never worked in gaming. The extent to my gaming experience was literally playing Mario Party, Mario Kart, and Monkey Ball with my brother. Which I will say are great games. I will, I will say that. <laughs> Amazing. So I, I had never worked with talent. I didn't know much about gaming, but I applied for a talent coordinator role at this gaming organization and just LinkedIn easy apply. Okay, great. Yeah. I ended up getting an interview and I went to the interview when the time came and there was a moment before I was like, why should I go in? Mm-hmm. Again, I had that voice. I don't, I don't know gaming. I don't work with talent. I don't even really know talent. I don't know what that world is like. And cherry on top, I was five minutes late because the <laughs> the traffic from Santa Monica right. to Hollywood was insane. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. But then I had that voice in my head and I was like, but what if you do? Like, there's nothing to lose. If you just walk in there, if anything, it's practice. You could see what it's all about. Just go in there. So I talked myself in. I went in and it was such a crazy interview. I, it was just me and six of my soon-to-be team surrounded wow. me, surrounded me. I was already nervous, firing questions left and right, and I was like, "Okay, this is, this is pretty cutthroat." Yeah, six people in an interview is a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know. My, my manager talked about it up until the time I left the company. He was like, "That interview was just." something for the books. He <laughs> thought it was like the coolest. I don't know. Apparently I did a good job because I got the job. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I worked as a talent coordinator there. So I supported our team of talent managers throughout the, the sales cycle. So I got to see like over 200 contracts throughout the time I was wow. there and I was reviewing them. I was creating deal memos. I was had visibility on all these email chains and these people are incredible at what they do right and they were so great and taught me so much um and so I quickly learned a lot by just asking questions and putting in the hours and researching on my time off and I ended up 
after 11 months, um, starting to manage my own talent. And I remember the phone call. It was like literally dead of COVID sitting at my kitchen table and my manager called me and he was like, Steph, I think you're ready. Like, let's start managing talent. And so then for the following two years, I, um, I worked with talent as a talent manager, um, and worked with some really amazing people and big names. And I learned a lot, which was great. That's kind of the long spiel about how I got into gaming. Um, and I was very fortunate that I worked with our head of talent here, Spencer Held. I worked alongside him at FaZe Clan and he ended up getting recruited to Galaxy Racer. And throughout my entire career, I had always recognized that women were not getting the opportunities. And I advocated so much for them. And there was one female signed to FaZe Clan at the time who I was managing. And there was a, about 70 other men. And when he came over here, he called me and he was like, Steph, like, we're doing this. There's a Hurt Galaxy initiative. We want to sign women. We're the like only gender balanced gaming organization in the world. And I was like, all right, let me know and I'll come. And so I ended up coming yeah. and joining him over here, which was great. That's such a cool story about just like how you kind of like wound your way like to where you're at now. And I really like what you said about how like um, kind of like the universe like works with you and sometimes like gives you opportunities, which I think is so true. But I also like love what you were saying about how like before you did the interview, you were kind of like, I don't know if I should do it, but you did it. Cause I feel like that's so important is like letting the, like the universe kind of bring things to you, but then also taking that step and being like, okay, like I see that there's this opportunity here. Like I'm going to try for it. Like, and you know, like you were saying, and if it doesn't work out, you know, like it didn't work out, but then like something else will come. So I think that's like such an important also like piece of advice is just take the opportunities that are around you or at least try for them. And like, eventually, like if you try enough, like something will land and someone will see and Maybe it won't be a six-person interview where they're all firing <laughs> questions at you, but maybe it will be. And apparently, like, you stepped up and did so well, and you got that job, which I think is so great. Um, so yeah. I think, yeah, and kind of along those same lines, just with, I guess, other Gen Zers who are maybe following, like, a similar path or starting to get into their careers or are starting to take these leaps, starting to take these jumps, Um do you have, like, any advice on what you would say to another Gen Zer who is trying to kind of jumpstart their career, starting to move into the career world, maybe it's their first job, maybe it's their second job. What would your advice be about getting into the working world, I guess? Yeah, I would say that if you're scared or if you're like, I'm not, why me? Like, I'm not good enough. There's so many other people applying or this and this and that. Like, those are the points in time in which you should take that step. I think fear gets in the way of a lot of us and self-doubt. And at those moments is when the best things happen. And I think you should really also, you know, reach out to people, like send a LinkedIn message or try and network. Like, don't be so afraid of being rejected, of being uncomfortable, like I, we only have one life. <laughs> Let's put it simply. We have one life and it's what we make of it. If you live your entire life not taking any risk, you're going to 
probably just live a predictable life. Or you can be someone who takes a lot of risk and you end up in situations where you have to take a step back and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Like how, if you told me five years ago or even four years ago that I'd be managing gamers and doing deals that I'm doing and being invited to events that I'm being invited to and opportunities like this, like I, I'd be like, are you kidding me? That's insane. But it's because I took those risks despite everybody saying, uh, I don't know if you should go work in gaming. Like it's kind of an unpredictable field or my parents saying, no, you should, you should pretty, you should stay in Chicago, like write out that job. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not what you should be doing right now. And I just have always been the type of person to take risks and to jump at things that seem scary because my mindset is we have one life, might as well live it. It's going to be a good story at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I love that. I, I, I love right, right what you just said about it's going to be a good story. Sometimes I have to <laughs> remind myself like when I'm doing something, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good story. Even if it goes awfully, I'm going to be able to tell the story later. And that's like worth it. And sometimes that can like get me through the door, or get me to the interview. And so I think that's also like, sometimes just like making it not as serious for yourself, just being mm -hmm. like, you know what, like, it's okay. Like not everything needs to be as big of a deal as I'm making it in my head for sure. And just kind of um, like, yeah, like you said, we only have one life and um, you got to make out of it what you can make out of it. And I think kind of along those lines too, um, one thing that I think is really, I like to ask everyone kind of on the podcast as well. And that I find kind of is a really um, almost like a blanket sentiment that is kind of over most of our guests are, and I think also applies a lot to women, especially women in male dominated industries, but kind of like what you were saying with, you need to take those risks um, and reach out to people. How do you kind of, or have you experienced, or how do you deal with kind of imposter syndrome? Do you, is that a thing for you? And do you have any tips for what you do to manage that or get over it? Or, which I know is maybe not, but yeah, like what are your takes on that? Yeah, I absolutely struggled with imposter syndrome. Sometimes here and there I have bouts of it where I'm like, hmm, maybe I am being an imposter and am I really capable of what I'm doing? Um, and my best advice for it and what I've seen that really got me out of questioning myself is surrounding yourself with people that celebrate your success mm -hmm. and that are your voice because there are times that I did cool things and I closed a really great deal or I got our talent invited to something really awesome and I wasn't as vocal about it because I'm like everybody else is doing that like mm -hmm. I'm surrounded by a team of people who are also doing equally cool things like I don't I don't need to vocalize it but when you put things out into the universe and when you speak it and whether it be yourself or somebody else who's like, hey, Steph just did this. Steph just did that. Like, this is really awesome. Like, way to go, Steph. That's what slowly over time has taught me that I deserve where I've gotten myself. And I've only gotten here because of what I did. Like, nobody, nobody's a little puppeteer, like, telling you to do things or handing you things. They might, you know, give you a toss and you have to dunk it in. But the only reason that anybody is where they're at is because they did it themselves mm -hmm. and you can lean on other people and I think that's the best way to go about things um so 
Yes. Surround yourself with really great people. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's a really a great sentiment. And I think kind of following up on that part, but like surrounding yourself with people, um, kind of a double header question that may or may not kind of like weave together, depending on what your answer <laughs> is, but, um, kind of like talking about those people and those people in your life that are going to celebrate you. Um, kind of, first of all, how do you kind of seek out community and friends like with work? And um, are those people that celebrate you outside of work? Are they with within work? And then kind of also like on the other side of that, what does it kind of look like to you to balance your life with your career? And so like finding that community, but then also like, what is your kind of like work-life balance look like with community, with people, all that all together? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't approach work necessarily as this is work. I close my computer. Mm -hmm. These are just coworkers. That's that. Right. I think that in order to form like meaningful connections and relationships with the people you work with, it's letting them into your life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not always hopping on a call and just straight jumping into it. What's the agenda today? And this and this and that. It's, like laughing and sharing things about your life and allowing them to see who you are outside of your role and your title. And through that, you start to form like real friendships that even supersede work. Mm. So a lot of my coworkers I've worked with in the past, I still talk to. I just hopped on a phone with one of my old coworkers at my previous company yesterday. It was just a, a Zoom lunch catch up where we just talked about where we are right now and how life is going. And the only way we got there is because when we were working in COVID, we would go to a coffee shop on a Friday and take team calls together or go to a friend's house and hang out and have a drink after work. Like it's, you can't, if you start looking at work as just your job and it's, it's just that you don't have anything beyond talking about your goals for the day then that's all you're going to get out of it. But if you open yourself and you really let them into who you are, then that's when relationships happen. And on your note of work-life balance, I think the nature of my job, because I'm a talent manager, I'm available 24-7, 365 days a year. And the reason why I'm okay with that is because I also become friends with my talent and form relationships with them where it's not if I get a text or a call on a weekend it's not like oh no like or it's like oh like what's what's up what's going on what's happening so it kind of bleeds into just life yeah (laughs) of course I take time for myself and I try to set boundaries at least on the client side if I get an email late at night, like that's the tomorrow problem, unless right. something <laughs> absolutely catastrophic happening. But I think that just my whole thing is building relationships mm-hmm. and having friendships. And that just makes life more fun, including work. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I love what you were saying too about letting your coworkers and your people at work kind of see you and see your life. And um, that's something that I also was really important to me with starting Gen Z girlies and kind of talking with people is like also the idea that you can be yourself and still be viewed as professional and still be viewed as being able to do your job. Cause I do think that there is sometimes this 
um, thought that we get that, oh, I can't, I can't have my personality or um, I, I can't like this in the workplace because it's going to be seen as too childish or it's going to be seen as too quote, like, quote unquote, like girly. And like, that's a negative thing. And then you feel like you can't have that at work. And I think that that is something that's so important to work on changing is you can be yourself and fully do your job. And like, actually sometimes like taking that first step and doing that first scary step of just being yourself is actually going to open you up to so many more opportunities, meet so many more people, create so many more relationships. Um, so yeah, I think that is a really, really great point. I think just with you also saying like making those relationships with the people you're working with, like it's important for you to be yourself. It's important for you to feel like you're their friend and be able to talk to them and hear from them. And so like that lets you do your job to a higher level. I think that is so important. Um, and just kind of as we're starting to like wrap up the episode as well, because I've loved getting to hear the like what your job is like and what you do and kind of about the company, which is so fun for me too, because it's not um, gaming is not something I hear about a lot either or that I'm super involved in. So I love getting to hear about other things and other places um, and just everything that kind of goes on in those organizations and companies and about other women that are doing really, really cool things. Um, but one question that I love to ask um, each of my guests that I have on the podcast as well, kind of as like a last question is um, more of a fun question, maybe than necessarily just about your job. But something about you is I like to ask, what is something new that you're interested in? Like something that our community might want to get invested in if it's like a new music album or a recipe or a book you're reading. Do you have anything like that that's been fun that you've been into lately? Yeah, I've recently gotten into candle making. Okay, very cool. Very fun. Yeah. So I took a candle making class with my friends um, a couple months ago and it was therapeutic and it was cool. And I like love that I had a product to walk away with. And I was like, this is simple enough that anyone can do it. And it's not too hard of a task, but it's also just like so great. And so I ordered, I went home and ordered (laughs) wax, scents, vessels, crystals, flowers, everything. I have the whole nines. So I, you can't see, but I have like 50 different candles just around my apartment and I like to give them to friends. So I think that it's a really great activity if you're looking to put down your phone and to just smell really nice things and you melt the wax, you pour it in, you mix it up, you pour it in the vessel and then like put little crystals and stuff on it. So that sounds yes, so I'm, cool. I'm I actually, I thought now that I haven't actually thought about that, but that may be something that I look into. I love like, I'm a huge, like always have a candle burning, always like that kind of thing, but they can get kind of expensive too when you're like buying these candles all the time. So that might be something I'll have to look into. That's really cool. I haven't had that one yet. On the podcast, it's always interesting to like see everyone's different like things that they're into. Because I mean, some I I get sometimes there's a few overlapping ones, but usually they're they're pretty different fields. So I always think that's really cool to like hear everyone's interests. But thank you so much, Steph, for just taking the time to just jump on the podcast today and kind of give a little bit of the behind the scenes of your job and how you've gotten there. I think that's gonna be so helpful for our audience just to kind of hear and um, just to also see someone like them doing something that they might want to do, I think is really, really powerful and important. Um, Do you have any, is there any way that our audience can get connected with you or find you on any social media platforms or what would be the best way for them to kind of follow your journey further if there's a way for that? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm not a big social media girl, but I okay. am on the platforms. Uh, Steph Leck, S-T-E-P-H-L-E-C-H on Instagram, Steffi Lecky on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. So it's Steph with a Y, Leck with a Y, and then LinkedIn is always great. Um, Steph Leckman and I, my DMs and everything is always open. I love to help others out. And if I can be a resource to anyone, whether it be in gaming or talent management or just life, I'm, I always welcome. Awesome. Well, I will definitely connect with you on those. And I hope that some of our audience will as well. <laughs> but thanks again, Steph, so much. Um, I think our audience will really find this episode both fun and interesting and helpful. So those are all great things to have in an episode. So thanks again, Steph. Um, and for the Gen Z Girlies audience, if you're listening, um, if you've listened to any episodes before this, you know this feel, but we're on all of the social media platforms. You can follow us at Gen Z Girlies Podcast, um, or feel free to shoot us an email at Gen Z Girlies Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Any feedback that you have, um, guest ideas that you have, or anything we love to connect with you all so we would love to hear from you from there but other than that um this is steph and maddie signing off for another episode of the gen z girlies podcast